Welcome to Synchronicity Now, an original podcast series by Tim Osman, which expounds upon the subjects of meaning, intuition, intention, and the role synchronicity plays in revealing the true nature of the self and its relationship to reality. Welcome to the Synchronicity Now podcast, which is about my observations and experiences on the subject of synchronistic events and what it means that there is meaning in what we're supposed to accept as randomness, chaos, and disorder. This topic, for me anyway, was gatekept most of my life by people who just lack the intuition, the insight, and the pattern recognition capabilities. And therefore, I was often met with uh, gaslighting so much that I actually stopped talking about it. But I, I started experiencing chains of synchronicities um, in my teenage years, but it really accelerated when I was in the military. And I kept it to myself. And I'll talk about these as we go through them. But one thing I didn't do was I didn't doubt my perceptions. A pattern is a pattern. It is what it is. And to say it isn't is to engage in reality denial, which is what I'm not doing. In fact, this is the opposite of reality denial. If anything, I'm looking deeper to see the nature of this reality. I'm making observations and recording them and have been from the very beginning. You know, I've been very consistent in this and I have different interpretations as to what it might mean, but I noticed that I would bring it up to someone and the pattern would be like this. I would sit down and I would say, hey, you got to hear this. And I would go through a chain of events that showed through some thread of narrative and a number of seeming coincidences, all of them, though, intrinsically meaningful and interconnected. It would end with them saying something to the effect of, you're thinking too much about this. You're looking too deep. Or, you know what, maybe you just think that you matter when you're just a speck of dust on a dead ball in an empty universe that's gonna collapse in on itself at the end of time. So every time I brought this up, I would be chastised. I would be condescended to. I would be made to feel bad for thinking that my life mattered. And I I just kind of took it for granted that we're not supposed to believe our life matters. And people would angrily uh, address my assertion that there's something else going on. People reflexively fight against it. It reminds me of the Truman Show, where he starts noticing patterns, glitches in his personal matrix, and the liars around him try to tell him what you perceive isn't so. Trying to keep the true man from becoming a true man. You know, the whole Truman Show story is about how uh, Truman Burbanks is actually a false man, and he's trying to become a true man, but they are blinkering him, lying to him, misleading him, and gaslighting him until one day he decides to think for himself. And this is key. He began to think for himself, to perceive for himself, to recognize that there is an I. In other words, the individual perceiver in the perceived, in the experienced, matters. You're not a nothing. You're not a mere speck of dust. No, you're actually center stage in your own life. Now, 
again, this topic was gate kept by people out of ignorance. And I ignored it and I kept going and I, I just couldn't shut it off. I would just continue to study this stuff and recognize it for what it was. And, and also to recognize that not everyone has this. Not everyone has intuition. And a lot of people are conditioned not to. Like when you say the word psychic, a lot of people are conditioned to laugh. They assume it's a gimmick or they have some, some wild mischaracterization that it's something that it's not, something even cartoonish. But it's far more profound than that. It's not about reading someone's mind literally, although that may be part of aspects of psychic capabilities. And there's precognition, there is telepathy. But what I'm talking about here is a little more about the role of the individual and the individual's intention. In other words, will. The directed will and how it reflects back in what appears within the realm of possibility. In other words, I'm not saying thoughts create reality. Reality exists and we're in it. But I am saying there is a indicator here, through synchronicity anyway, that this is a cybernetic system. It's responsive to the observer. That we're not mere passive NPCs, although we're trained to be, which is my point. NPCs are trained to root out PCs. In other words, non-playing characters, non-perceiving characters, those who don't include their own perception as part of the big picture, NPCs, they see you as a perceiving character, a PC, and they swarm. And they try to correct it. You're not supposed to notice any patterns in the matrix. You're not supposed to wake up. You're supposed to stay a false man. Don't wake up to the Truman Show and become a true man, a true perceiver, an individual. Now, this is something else. Uh, later, I started to connect to other people who've experienced this, and I recognized a few commonalities here. Uh, one, that it is such a fringe topic, and there are so many people who are into it and who study it, but we've always been separated. And now that we have the internet, it becomes very easy to link up with other people who know. We're not talking believers. We're not talking speculators. We're talking about people who have experienced this and know what it is. And I'm trying to assimilate together a group here. I just want to aggregate a group of individuals who, at least at a minimum, can understand the significance of it. Because it's nearly impossible to overstate it. If synchronicity is real, and it is, but let's just play devil's advocate. If it is, what, you know, like, what would it change for someone who has never considered it? Well, one, it means that the universe isn't a given as described in the now or in the past. In other words, the universe may not even exist until we experience it. That it exists as a possibility, but that it's not already pre-existing as, a, as a, a, an object or a series of objects scattered throughout space, but rather it is coming together in the now. That it's not already static and established, it's dynamic. Not saying it's going to change in radical ways, but what I'm saying is the past is a description of a trajectory through time-space. It doesn't necessarily follow that the future must continue in that same trajectory, but it gives the perception of past, present, future as linear. And I'm suggesting that synchronicity says, no, it's actually not, as we'll get into here. So what I'm suggesting here is this one. That the body, the physical body, 
connected, grounded to this physical realm, has physical senses that are constrained in this time space matrix. You can say prison if you want, whatever you use to describe this, this labyrinth that we're in, but whatever it is, it's got our, our terrestrial senses are geared to survive here, but we do have other higher aspects which don't really have a foothold here. And this is where intuition comes into play. This is where you get, for example, a sinking feeling in the chest or uh, something in the pit of your stomach, back of the head. People get these physical sensations that correlate where they're getting some kind of communication that cannot be directly translated into images or words. Sometimes it's just a sensation, but it's a sense of knowingness. And these are, you could consider extrasensory perception. I, I don't think of it as a higher self or a separate self or guardian angel, but rather the complete self. The self unbound or unattenuated by the flesh. So there's this idea of a body-soul dichotomy, a split, a du the duality, that you have a body and your soul jumps into it. And I think it's more accurate to say that it's a continuum and that the, the soul's descent isn't something that happened, it fell in and now you're stuck here and you go back up, but rather the descent is a continual process, like a projection from above, that we are being projected from higher realms down to lower realms and we're living here for the most part at the lower. But by accessing intuition, by recognizing the nature of reality as revealed through synchronistic occurrences, through patterns, through meaningful, personally meaningful guidance, through synchronistic events, uh, that's when you're communicating or rather receiving information from higher centers of consciousness that aren't bound into the time-space matrix, meaning they have access, that there's Awareness of the realms of possibility beyond what is immediately in front of you, but beyond what your senses can tell you. Maybe you can't see around corners. However, you may have access to information that could give you a much better idea, but you would have to have some way of relaying that communication down to your, your lower self. So how does that work? Well, you'll notice that there's a lot of various ways that people consult um, with the future, oracles, tarot cards. And these are all ways of facilitating communication that would convey to you something that your senses can't know, but your higher self, that your full self may be able to appreciate, may be able to offer, lend guidance in. That there is an intelligence evident in the relay of synchronistic messages, but I'm not saying that it's God or an angel or the devil, but rather that the synchronistic occurrences are actually forms of communication from your complete self down to your lower self, that it's internal. Now, there's even more to it because the synchronicity isn't merely a colorful way of describing what has happened, but it's more of an indicator that what we experience, the realms of possibility, are influenced by us, by our intention. So let me give you an example of what I'm talking about here because, again, most people don't operate at the higher consciousness centers, and I accept it. If they want to be despiritualized, invalidated, that's on them. If they want to be matter, 
not light, instead of a continuum of light descent into matter, uh, light descending, light projecting, they are the matter and they deny the light. They deny any causality, any part in the co-creation of any of this. And I don't have time to debate with people who are arguing from the perspective of the meat verse without any sort of consideration for anything higher because it can't be measured. Because it can be, but it's not like you can measure it in the now. It's something that has to be experienced. And one thing about our scientific paradigm is it's looking backward. It's looking at dead matter. It's looking at what has happened and extrapolating from that. It's kind of rigid and it doesn't include the individual, the choice maker. And that's what the individual is. The perceiver is a conscious choice maker using conscious intent. And to the extent that you're making conscious choices, especially when you do things on the random, when you just make a choice to break with the habits, that's when synchronicities happen. When you exercise your power as a decision maker, opening up the realms of possibility. This is why I think most people are NPCs and they conform to group choices and they reaffirm the established, the pattern, the orthodox, and it becomes rigid. And what I'm suggesting here is that our model of reality is designed, I think, to constrain reality and us. So again, to overlook synchronicity and to overlook the role of the individual and in what is experienced is to despiritualize, is to remove the I, the individual, from the equation. So I know what I know, and I'm documenting observable phenomenon. And this is not paranormal. It's actually quite normal to suggest the universe is responsive to the perceiver. The intentions of the observer effect was experienced. And I'm not just talking about subjective interpretation, but what actually presents itself in the realm of possibility. And I can name numerous things, and I will throughout this, just to underscore uh, what I'm talking about with intention, because this isn't random. There's a reason why NPC types, um, people who are just proudly a atheistic, pridefully atheistic, and I'm not necessarily against atheism. I understand where they're coming from. However, the rejection of the possibility of the spiritual or the assertion that we know what we know, that we are simply a domesticated ape, a byproduct of biological evolution, it's very narrow-minded. And I, I'm past that point because the synchronicities I've experienced are beyond just leading me to more information, which is edifying in itself, or guiding me through major life choices, but rather I've been, I guess, put in certain positions through synchronistic occurrences that suggest to me that there is a, um, something else going on here. That this, that this realm that we're in, the world that we're in, that it does place a special burden upon the aware. And the choices that we make, the choices we make have uh, consequences. And I'm not talking about heaven, hell, necessarily, but that rather, if we're entrusted with the ability, the, the capacity to create, to co-create, if we're given that power to, to make these sorts of meaningful choices. I think the more that you have, uh, the more incumbent upon you it is to be 
responsible with it. Like, I think there's something to this because I was presented with a choice at one point and it just seemed to me I was being tested. Do I follow my intuition or do I go with the world? One option had money and success. The other option was um, the route of self-sacrifice, but doing so to spare an innocent from something terrible. In other words, I've been put in positions to intervene in a few situations. I stopped a suicide. I prevented a multiple murder uh, by a bipolar on a major tear with scissors in his fist, and it got really violent and bloody. And what I'm saying is, the only reason I've been put in positions to intervene is because I followed my intuition. And there have been signs, premonitions, with each of these different incidents that I will relay. And there was one particular incident where my intuition put me somewhere to stop something terrible from happening. And after that, I realized, you know what? I'm not going to listen to any of these naysayers again because by ignoring them and going with my intuition, I was put in a place where I needed to be to stop something. And if I hadn't followed that, things would have gone differently. And that tells me that the choice was mine, that it was on me and that my higher self, this, this, this um, more complete self, this larger part of me was testing the slower part of me. Are you going to do what is right or do what is, I guess, satisfying in the short term, go the easy route? And when I made that choice, it opened up a lot of doors instantly. Everything in my life changed. I, you know, it's like a, a divine intervention type moment. All of it through the guidance of synchronistic occurrences, which again, I'll get into this stuff in due course. But when your intuition is leading you into positions where you're in the right place at the right time to stop an overdose, to stop a predator, to stop violence, and it happens multiple times, and there's a reoccurring pattern, something's up. And I don't go around talking about this because people will say, oh, it's just you reading into things. You know, the normal NPC response. But I'm reminded of the fact that there's a, a sort of a subtext to all of these different events. And it all has to do with good and evil in the absolute sense. See, uh, black and white, good, evil, up, down. I'm talking light and dark or soul and matter. And... What it seems to me is that the perpetual struggle between light and dark is always this struggle between what we are. Are we the dark? Are we matter? Are we merely of this world for a temporal experience? Or are we eternal? And this is where I differ from that duality is that I think we're on a continuum. Like I think of the word man and manifest, like manual labor. Uh, monos, uh, five, you know, if you look at the, you know, the um, common theme here with all of this, you know, this, the word in Spanish hand, um, the number five of the pentagram. Okay, well, what does this all mean? Well, the pentagram is a symbol of the material world. The four elements, and then the fifth point is the spirit pointed into the ground. So you got the idea of a um, man 
is a manifester, that we are the spirit in matter. And as such, our purpose here is to manifest our own environment, to customize, to make everything fit for our existence. Because in a lot of ways, we're not just naturally adapted. We don't just get dropped off and just, um, it's not just add water. We're very complicated and it requires intentionality. So I, I think there's something here. There's a purpose or whatever it is. I don't know if this is a prison necessarily, but what I will say is that there is some sort of a struggle to get man to forget that he has that spiritual origin or that we're on a spiritual continuum. We're supposed to believe that, no, that's just hubris, that's ego, that's pride. There are no patterns, nothing means anything. Again, I don't buy that. And specifically, the subtext to all these different events that I'm referring to, these moral choices, it's always been on that basis, light over dark. And I've been getting synchronicities and signs for such a long time saying the same exact thing about light and dark. And again, we are in a realm of darkness. We are in the dark matter. We are the light in the dark matter. That's kind of how I see this, is, is, there, is that we are lighting up, you know, let there be light. That we are the, we're the as the experiencer, we are the experiencer, perceiver, creator. That, that it begins and ends with us. And so the universe is responsive to the intentions of the observer. Not just, again, not just your subjective take on it and your feelings, but rather what is even offered on the menu. What are in the realms of of possibility moment to moment? Well, it's going to depend on you and your conscious decisions. Every choice, every time you use your intent, you're shining a light. Now, from the reductionist dead universe perspective, the contents of the mind has nothing to do with the world. It has no bearing on the world. We have to adjust to the world, not the other way around. Sure, we can think our way into taking control of environments, but the idea that we somehow factor into causality is not part of science. Science studies what is, not what is coming into existence because it assumes the universe is what it was and will be what it is. But what if it doesn't exist until we experience it. Then, they're only the, the study of, and I'm talking about the scientists, if reality is as I think. I'm not saying it's fluid, but I'm saying if it comes into being as we, the experiencers, experience it, then they're only studying one possibility realized, a path, and extrapolating from that linear path forward, assuming a stable model of reality aligned into the future. Now, this framing of reality, past, present, future, it takes away the individual perceiver from the model. They're just looking at it backwards, studying it in reverse. Synchronicity itself reveals that this model that we live in, whatever you think of the world, they have all the different models of the, of the of the world that we see, the, you know, the, the glow, the simulation model, these are all different models, okay? And they all have different views on the role of the individual. At least the simulation theory posits that this whole thing is built with the individual experiencer in mind. 
the dominant scientific paradigm, balls in space, everything else. Uh, no, we're just accidents of nature. We're the lucky ones, domesticated apes, etc. But we're still just meat. We're just biological entities. It doesn't include the idea that there's a maker who centers the creation around the perceivers, as a simulation theory would, for example. Now, the universe is, in my view, made up of meaningful connections as perceived by experiencers who bring the light into the dark matter of which the universe is composed. The path thought and perception make through this, the journey, is called time. Each conscious choice you make opens up a new realm of possibility. The less active choices you make, the more you're enclosed in the established realm of possibilities, the curated reality, curated for you. It's one that has less understanding about your role. You wouldn't even notice your role. If you go with the flow, if you act like an NPC, if you stick with the Truman Show program, you would never recognize your role in the big picture and you would never break free. And what do I mean by breaking free? That's the purpose of this entire podcast, uh, Synchronicity Now. It's about the meaning of now. Now, this is a synchronicity from a few months ago. I was thinking about this, my internal dialogue. I'm thinking to myself about the concept of, you know, you have the Bible and the darkness and let there be light. And I'm thinking about creation in the sense that we hear this talk about dark matter, but what if it's just a way of describing in an exoteric fashion the true nature of things? That maybe matter itself, like as described on the Kabbalistic tree of life, is darkness, is black, is the, you know, like the black cube symbolism, but it's the bottom of the infinite flat universe. It's just black. And that the tree of life model might be correct in that the light comes from the top, the crown, and shines down so that the soul descends, it descends and that we are in descent, we're falling, that we're shining, that rather, uh, yeah, we are from above, spiritual beings, shining down into this dark realm where we mistake our physical receptacle and vehicle for ourselves, excluding everything higher everything that the physical senses can't see or touch or taste. And so to me, synchronicity now, this whole podcast, this whole topic is about operating from a, a fully self-aware perspective. Like I'm now aware that there is absolute evil and absolute good. I am aware that our choices do have long-term ramifications that will outlive our physical receptacles. And I'm not putting this into any religious context. I'm just saying that I'm not going to lose myself in the mix here. Although I, I'm, I'm not a dualistic person, like I don't hate the world. I, I think this is a gift, whatever it is. But there's a, a reason why, I think there's a reason why there's some amnesic wall. I don't know if it's a game, if it's a spiritual struggle, but it's darkness versus light. It's light workers and the forces of endarkenment, the gaslighters, the invalidators. And I've been confronting them my entire life. In fact, I think I have a pretty good idea now of what the struggle is and how it's manifested through those who operate from a place of light and those who operate from darkness. And you'll see them. 
The ones who operate from darkness are attracted to light workers and they manifest with the most toxic personalities and they try to shut off, to steal, to siphon off the souls of those who are shining, who operate from these higher centers. I think there's a conspiracy or a war, a spiritual struggle to snuff the light. Now, okay, I, I had this in my mind. I'm thinking, let there be light. How does this work? You know, are we directors of this? Am I communicating with God when I get synchronicities? Is it a higher power or is it a higher aspect of myself, unbound, unchained by time-space? Now, as I'm thinking this, I'm driving down towards this park that I wanted to go to, and I never actually made it to that park because I didn't know the right streets to go through, but I saw it from the bridge. And as I'm at an intersection, I see uh, an electric post, and it has some graffiti on it. And I see the words, I am God, in Sharpie marker. And I'm thinking, fascinating, I am God. And I'm thinking about let there be light in the words of God speaking reality into existence. Then I find this park. Now, when I get to this park, a car parks in front of me and the license plate says John 146. I took note of that. I am God, John 146. It's like there's a message being conveyed. So I'm standing in this park and I get my phone out and I Google John 146. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. I am the way and the truth and the life. I am God. You see, I didn't know that Bible verse. All I know is I was thinking a certain thing. I see some graffiti that echoes it. I see a license plate that in no way would I have known through any biased confirmation that it was specifically related to I am. And it's the I am verse. So this is one example of intentionality, of thinking of something and having synchronistic communications. Now, I couldn't have planned that. I didn't drive that other car and park it in front of me at right that instant, right at that moment while that was the thought on my mind. I have other examples. More recently, I was focusing on a book I'm reading about runes and letters and magical alphabets. And I pick up a book on this topic and I sit out in front of the library. I have several books on the subject, fascinating material, and it relates to this. And I'm focusing on the rune for the letter T. And this was the last Tuesday. Now, the T rune looks like an upward pointing arrow and it stands for the god Tyr. It's actually where we get the word Tuesday associated with Mars. Kind of looks like the Mars symbol. Mars, you know, red planet, male. You get all these associations that are pretty consistent with these Norse gods. Roman, Norse, Greek, there's some consistencies. You know, Aries, Mars, Tyr. Now, I'm staring at this rune with a T on it, thinking about the associations. Tuesday, red, Tyr. And as I'm thinking about this, a red van pulls up in front of me. The radio's on. They're playing the song Ruby Tuesday by the Rolling Stones. Ruby is a red. You know, Ruby's red. It's a red color. Tuesday is Tears Day. So red, Tears Day, as I'm staring at the upward-pointed arrow of that rune. 
I then look down and I note that the color of my mechanical pencil was red. So again, the rune is tear, tears day, Mars, color associated with that is red. Song from a red vehicle, Ruby Tuesday, red pencil, writing the rune, all of this happening at once as I was sitting there. I could not have caused any of that through any physical means. But the intentionality of that moment, it wasn't like I put the intention out there like the secret and the law of attraction and it came to me later. No, I'm talking about instantaneous. I'm not talking about self-fulfilling prophecies, wishful thinking, planting seeds, law of attraction, although that's part of it. I'm talking about now, synchronicity now. Intentional, real-time, synchronistic manifestation. It shouldn't exist. And the more I study, the more I look at it, the more I understand what's happening, uh, the clearer it gets, which is why I decided to start this podcast and make this separate from everything else that I'm doing because this is outside of merely you know temporal, day-to-day, contemporary politics. This is actually a little more into the realm of the transcendent. And I only want to dialogue with people on this level, on this topic. I don't want to debate this stuff. I want to understand it because we're not talking about the stuff from the level of the stagnant, dead uh, world we've been given, but from the perspective of those who are living in a living, responsive, cybernetic system that includes us, that we are, again, I, the I, we are in this, I am. All right, thanks for listening. Uh, More to come. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Synchronicity Now. Please share the podcast and let's keep this conversation going. Until next time, thank you for listening.